0: He's the data guy, and he wants to have a talk with his business pals while
1: they're off the clock on podcast. like a business.
0: So, you just graduated, and you're like, I think I want to do data. You went to college and did the whole school thing, which is great, and a lot of people, you know... A lot of people go that route and a lot of people don't and still wind up in data. So I'd love to know like, why you wanted to go to school, what you got out of school, and how that make you want to go into data? Just to kind of give your background, because you're the quintessential person who just graduated who wants to go get these data analyst jobs that I say exist all the time. So I might as well get your backstory.
1: Of course. Um, so yeah, my name is George Graku, and I graduated from the University of San Francisco. Uh, just my background... I can't say I was fully, um, on this, you know, path to, um, going into data. I went into school as a finance major and I enjoyed finance. I really did. Um, I enjoyed the courses I took and, you know, I had a couple of internships in the financial services industry, uh, but something was definitely missing. And, um, you know, kind of just being open to taking new courses, uh, that were being offered at my school. Um, and during my time at university, there was a new major kind of in the making, right. And it was a business analytics major. And like I said, I'm always open to taking new courses, learning more. And I think I, my first course Specifically, with data was? I think data visualization or intermediate analytics, one of the two, and that's kind of when I got captured. Um, you know, we're like seeing the effect of um, you know data, the technical approach to it, like using languages like SQL, Python, R. I was like, this is really cool. This is awesome. I'm interested in this new major and. You know, USF did have the data science major as well. Um, but just being in the school of management, um, well, the, the business school, the, that 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 data science major doesn't partake of it. So I kind of wasn't um, introduced to the data science major, you know, in the business school. There's like the accounting majors, the marketing majors, the finance majors, business administration and so on. Um But, you know, with this new major added to the school of business, the school of management, that's kind of how I was introduced to it. Rob was saying, you know, there's that school approach to it. And a lot of people are kind of switching their careers into this into this industry. So uh, I'm pretty excited. And
2: yeah. You said you started as finance. Um, I guess. What made you decide on school in general? Was it just. That that higher education. It sounds like you like to learn a lot. Was it the striving for like you know? I know with uh, my upbringing, my parents were always like, "You got to go to college because you got to get a good job because mm-hmm. you're not gonna go anywhere without a good job." So it didn't really feel like a choice that I had.
1: Yeah, I mean, of course, there was definitely um, a lot of influences, right? Uh, I think you know, of course, is that parental influence where you know they stress going to school and that. I have nothing against that. Right. Um, I did believe in like having higher education and, uh, but it is also, you know, what I've been learning about this industry that, you know, you can, you don't necessarily have to go to school to, um, enter in an industry like this, uh, there's just like a certain skill set that is being looked for and sought after. And you can gain that outside of school as well. Um, but I'm very thankful I did gain it through school. I kind of just had that structured approach and um where it was just very easy and just very beneficial to kind of see the path kind of unfolding in front of me. So
2: I definitely agree. I needed that structure too. I would, I would not, I'd be flipping burgers if I didn't have the structure of university, man. Cause I just, I couldn't do it for myself. Oh yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I respect that. I respect that. So was there a point in your journey from, you know, say graduating high school to where you're at now, where it clicked for you that everything's data driven, that it really drove home that like just understanding the tools you're trying to learn can get you anywhere
1: yeah I mean, just hearing statements like, Oh, everything is data driven. Um, you know, companies always use data. every swipe or click on Instagram is a data point for the company. Uh, I think these are kind of just blindly accepted statements, right? and i I was one of those people. I was like, yeah, you know data, every company uses data. that's something logical, right? Um, but that I think like when it really clicked for me is when, like I mentioned before, is when I took my first course in, you know, data analytics and data visualization. Um, you know, when you're just given a data set and you see uh, just, you know, how, how much data that is. And when we got to like visualize the data and you kind of saw the insights and trends um, that you can take from that data, it, that's when it really clicked. You're like, wow you know, a majority, the majority of organizations and companies really do make their choices, do their actions based on data. You know, this is where they get all the trends. This is where they see all the, um, you know, insights they can gain and it's from the data. And I think that's when it really clicked. Right. Because, you know, you can, like I said before, you can, you can only imagine how much data, you know, comes from every click, every swipe on social media. Right. But when you actually see it, you know, working with it and you discovering the trends and you discovering the insights, you are like, wow, like it's kind of like, it's, uh, it's, it's quite a cool moment. And that's kind of what actually just captured me too, into like wanting to pursue this further. I thought it was very interesting. And, um, Yeah. It's also just prevalent in every industry, right? Every industry, every organization, just data, hospitality, retail, financial services, tech, like it's, it's never ending. So.
0: It's funny to hear you say it like that too, man. Cause like I'm talking, I went to seminars 10 years ago, right? Like my kids are 12 years old. So I remember I went to these seminars and they said by 2025, we're going to need a half million data scientists and we're going to need all these analysts. And I'm like, Wow, that sounds great! And I wrote down like this is a great job opportunity. But then I went up and spoke to the speaker, and I said, "Hey, speaker, that sounds great, but what if I'm, you know, not smart and I'm not like a data scientist?" And he's like, "Actually, if we need five hundred thousand data scientists, we're going to need hundreds of thousands of managers, of interpreters, of translators, of people who help make the projects get done." And I was like, "Holy cow!" <laughs> so it's funny to see you like come in and say it's all data, because honestly, when I started, it wasn't all data. It was a lot of people being like look, Rob, I've been in this company for 20 years, and my gut's going to tell me what we're going to do this month, and I don't care what your pretty little report is. And it's it's inspiring to hear what you're saying.
2: Not only that, man, but just the journey with Data Lab. I mean, it started as an idea where we were gathering no data. How many times through this process have you and I looked at each other and gone, holy, it's (laughs) data-driven?
0: Constantly, dude. (laughs)
2: Or like we like, look at each other like, are we writing
0: that down or even keeping track of that? And it's like, man, it's easy for us to forget too, right? So like all these businesses are doing the same thing we're doing. And it's fun to see new analysts come up through it too.
2: What's the perfect position that you're seeking right now? Where do you want to be? What industry? What do you want to be doing? What do you want to be working with? What are you looking for?
0: Like on the daily, what do you want your day to be, right? Like what do you want? Yeah. To what do you like?
2: What do you want your day to day to look like? Yeah. Um. You
1: know, I think... I'm just looking for, you know, that entry-level data analyst position and where I can, you know, use my skills that I've learned in school and have done through, you know, the countless of projects. Um, And, you know, in an ideal world, it'd be really nice to be at a company, at a tech company, a data analyst. Uh, But, of course, I'm, you know, open to a lot of other industries as well. Uh, I think just, like, my main goal right now is showing that, showing a company that, you know, I do have... The skill set of you know using SQL, Python, um, some R, Tableau uh, to you know perform a data analyst position.
2: So then let me let me rephrase it again. Um, do you have a dream position? Like right now, do you have a dream? Like where do you want to land? Like no holds barred. Like however much money you want to make. What data do you want to be analyzing? Yeah. Like is it Facebook? Is Facebook the dream? Is it is it like? Are you? Look, uh, I, I noticed that you had that hackathon in your portfolio where you yeah. were working with the cryptocurrency is it crypto like cool. where where in the tech industry man like just just gush to us for a second
1: yeah i mean you know google facebook twitter those would be awesome but, i mean those would be the dreams right sure but of course you got it's super competitive and there are so many applicants and you know i'm not shooting myself down on, at all but uh you know it is uh it is a mountain to climb to get there, but, you know, hopefully one day.
2: Well, you know, man, there are a lot of people like myself included who don't even want to climb the mountain. So knowing yeah. that that's what you're striving for, like that, exactly. that changes your direction. That's got a sense of determination because, you know, a lot of people will tell you to sh- shoot for the moon because you'll fall amongst the stars. But a lot of people are just content flying an airplane in the atmosphere for lack of a better analogy, you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's just cool to see, like, that just your personal projects and stuff, like, it, it's, it's got you wanting to dig into the monoliths of the tech industry.
1: Yeah, I and mean, like you mentioned, you know, I, I think also being in this, um, in this position of searching for positions, you kind of just get introduced to, um, you know, other, other positions as well, like data analyst um, positions at, like, other companies as well. And, you know, that after you do some research on the companies and on the position and you see what you'd be doing, that kind of, you know, you kind of find other areas you're open to as well. Um, so like there are a couple of positions in the gaming industry that look really cool and fun, you know, some, um, positions that would be really interesting to do some like data analysis for, and just stuff like that. So honestly, on a day-to-day basis, I'm kind of seeing new things, new opportunities that I'm open for. So
2: It's wild to think that the job hunting process can be a learning process. I was even gonna ask,
0: like, what is the current job? I wouldn't even know how to like get out of school and apply for jobs. Like, seriously, the people who were telling us when I applied for jobs when I was getting out of college, and you go to the career counseling, they're like, here's how you write a good resume, and here's how you go to the door and knock on it and hand it to them. And I'm like, nobody's gonna let me in if I knock on it. Like they have an online portal and the college wasn't ready to like hear that. So what do they prepare you to do? And like, what are you? How do you feel like you're hunting appropriately, or are you kind of slow hunting or what's your take and there's no wrong answer. I just am curious really
1: yeah, of course. Uh, you know the platforms that I've mostly been using um, through this job hunt are you know LinkedIn jobs indeed as well and I think it's it's difficult because you know you some and i'm not you know I'm not always like trying to criticize um but you know, it is difficult because I am looking for an entry-level position and you can kind of sort of filter out the jobs and then you filter out to only jobs in entry-level and then you see a job labeled as entry-level and then you read the description and it's four plus years of experience and it's like, well, hold up. Like, I thought, you know, I could click the entry-level box and so uh, that doesn't... Um, of course it makes me hesitant to apply, but I still apply, you know, hopefully I can get the interview and then I can really, um, talk more about myself and show that I do have skills, you know, for that position, even if I don't have those four plus years of experience.
0: I love you bringing that up. I remember we talked a little bit about like, well, what is three to five years of it- oh experience or a degree mean? Right? Like That's a hell of a statement you see on things like one to five years of experience or one to three. And I actually reached out to my LinkedIn team and I've got uh, some recruiters who are trying to answer that for me. So I will try to get you back. I want to try to quantify like, what do people really mean? Because to your point, it's not just the data analysis skills, it's project management. It's how to communicate to your boss correctly. It's like, hey, I know how to be on time and I know how to show up at the office sometimes. And a lot of people your age don't even want to go to the office. I know you're willing to go to the office and do all that kind of stuff or hybrid, whatever, like whatever is clever for the company.
1: Yeah, of course.
0: I appreciate that.
1: I think there's just, there's even more to that. You know, I think, you know, some job descriptions can be pretty vague too. It's like good knowledge of SQL, good knowledge of Python. Well, there are so there are thousands of libraries in Python. Like what exactly are you looking for? You know, um, are you proficient in Python? No one can write that every level of Python, right? And uh, Dude,
2: 100%. The old, are you proficient with SQL? What does that mean? Like, I can do select statements. I can do basic joins, but I'm not writing, you know, right. 6,000 line stored procedure that works on 25 tables over 60 billion entries.
1: Yeah, exactly. So it's kind of, it's hard to gauge from like the description, um, you know, what they're really looking for. And this kind of, it's tough being in that position but you know it's kind of the way it is so
0: i love hearing that come from you man because i'm telling you i talk to people in the c-suite who are like ceo coo and they have teams of people trying to hire people like you and they don't know how to explain what they want either right so they're like i don't know i'm just gonna go tell the recruiter and the recruiter goes and pulls the thing that they used to hire the last data analyst and it's got data oh it's got python sql and r and excel ship it you know what i mean close enough we'll figure it out in the interview process but like who has time to interview for all these jobs who has time like An interviewee, you probably spend a good amount of time trying to just pitch the interview. Like, you got to go into interview after interview after interview, and that's not free. You know, you're paying money to get ready for interviews. You're all these things. Yeah, I get how you want to simplify that. What is your kind of method, I guess, to not just YOLO into an interview, but kind of see if it fits you? How are you trying to do that right now?
1: Well, I basically just... um... You know, go off the job description, the company and the industry that they're in, right? If I manage to get an interview or a call back from a company that they, you know, like my application, my resume, uh, you know, the steps I take is like, all right, do some research on the industry, do some research on the company, you know, be familiar, like with what you want to say and how it applies to the role that you have been, uh, that you applied to and how you can use your skills and, you know, all your technical abilities to, um, you know enhance yourself in the role that um you know you're currently interviewing about so that's just kind of the approach i've been taking
2: i think there's definitely like i haven't had to apply for a job in a long time but i think there were, while i was doing the hiring for this company there was a the lost art of that that pre-research that researching the company researching the industry there were so many people the first question that my i was told to ask on our interview is do you know what we do here mm-hmm. and over 50% of those people could not answer that question yeah. Or could answer like one of the 50 services that my boss wanted listed on the website, but just mm-hmm. one.
1: Yeah, of course. And, you know, I think like if you're applying for a data analyst position, right, you are only doing a specific thing, but that doesn't necessarily apply to what the overall company does and like the mission. Um, so, I mean, it's important to know exactly regardless not just what you would be doing as a data analyst but you know what the company does as a whole right their mission what they're doing on a day-to-day basis you know how they're impacting whatever industry they're in so
0: i generally like to ask too if it's a backfill or a new position just out of curiosity it's like are you trying to create something new here or are you expecting to be me to be the guy who just left you know what i mean because it's mm-hmm. always interesting from that perspective yeah what they're trying to fill definitely yeah. Interviewing is an interesting uh, skill set that really takes time to build. And I mean, what's funny is i like to tell you it gets easy. And by the time you get to consultant level, it's easier. But now when I go in and you know interview, it's the same thing. I've got to prove to them, not only do I know the technical, but I can handle the people at their company. I can handle the problem that they need me to solve. And I can escalate to whoever, whatever I don't know, I have the phone of friends available to get it done. Yeah. I love that you're going through those same things though, man. It's, it's interesting.
2: I love that you brought up the vagueness of job postings too. Like Rob was saying, we got some people on the helm. We're hoping to actually have some episodes where we literally talk to somebody about debunking that and, you know, kind of proving true the, the old adage of like, you only have to be better than the rest of the applicants. So it doesn't matter what your qualifications are as You should just apply.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, to your point, if you did stuff like you have your website that you made up that, you know, explain some of the other projects you worked on, it is like three years of work. So, I mean, I get it. It's, it's definitely three years of, you know, applicable knowledge in the realm. And really, a lot of companies is coming with some background of, hey, I can bring these skills that are transferable, that I know a little bit about and can grow if I need to in the direction you need me to, and a little bit of, I can learn stuff while I'm here. Because cool. every company is going to have their way, they're going to have the way they did it before, the way they want to do it, and the way they're currently doing it. And Those yeah. are generally the same.
1: Exactly. There's never, no, there's never like a perfect fit, right? You, you go into the position and you still have to learn some new things. And, you know, it's just about having that foundational knowledge to perform what they're asking you to perform. And then you have to learn their system. Right. And so, you know, I think, like you mentioned before, um, it's it's about there's more to just the technical abilities when it comes to interviewing. Right. How good are you at communicating with the team, with your boss in a project, um, you know, and stuff like that. And I think that tends to get overlooked sometimes.
2: So are you taking any steps to keep up with like industry trends, like how things are changing, new libraries, that sort of thing, so that you're sort of on the cutting edge when you're applying for these positions?
1: Definitely. I think, um, you know, it's a, it's a changing industry, right. And uh, just ways that I kind of keep up with the trends, you know, networking helps a lot, right. There's uh, you know, data analytics is a broad term, you know, you have, data analysts, data scientists, data engineers, that kind of all fall under uh, that realm. And so just like networking with different people helps. There are a bunch of conferences available. You can attend, you know, you have Kaggle, the online community platform um, with thousands of data analysts, data scientists, data engineers, and, you know, a lot of different blog posts you can read, discussions, they even host competitions that you can partake of. And of course, just like whether you're on Twitter, or LinkedIn, following pages like Google AI, you know, big data companies like Snowflake, their posts are like constantly updating. Um, They, you know, share a lot about how they work and what kind of new products they're bringing to the table. And that really does like, you know, affect the industry. And uh, a really big thing, just online learning platforms, right? You know, Coursera, edX, Udemy. These courses are, you know, prevalent and up to date with like the industry standards for the most part. And um, you know, like I said, I'm always trying to like learn and expand my skill set. And so I do check these like learning platforms out often. And um, you know, here's where I learn, to keep my skill set fresh to like the industry and you know, the current trends that are happening.
2: If I can ask you to break it down a little bit. Uh, Like what percentage of your day is spent improving your skills versus applying for jobs versus going to interviews versus like your your work life balance, like everything else? Mm. For sure. Um,
1: So, you know, in terms of how my day looks like, uh, I would say I usually start out the day kind of searching and scanning, you know, job posting, if anything new came up. And, uh, from there, you know, I do my job applications and I try to do in between, you know, 10 to 15 jobs a day. Um, uh, you know, some people may think that it's not a lot, but you know, all these it is, right. You have to tailor your resume. You have to tailor the cover letter. It's a lot of work. Um, so that's kind of my first half of the day. I'll try to get in some networking, um, as well, reaching out to people, uh, just, you know. It helps a lot, right? And, you know, with industry trends, any advice, I'm always willing to hear. Uh, And I kind of, I close out my day with, um, you know, kind of practicing using, like, keeping fresh on my skill set, right? You know, I do have that foundational knowledge from the courses I took, uh, but it's always good to, like, just stay fresh, right? I, you know, I'm currently doing my Google Data Analytics um, certificate. And that's a lot of SQL tableau and R. Um, and so, you know, I try to get in an hour a day, maybe if I had more time, an hour and a half, and that's kind of just how I close
2: out my day. I like that. They say that you absorb knowledge best when you, uh, you sleep on it. Exactly. So that makes a lot of sense. So it sounds like the majority of your day though, is actually spent on the job hunt and not actually, because I guess, like you were saying you're tailoring your resume, you're also tailoring your skills to whatever new position you end up finding. So, deep diving into something might not be worth your time at this current juncture, it sounds like exactly. Yeah, so that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm.
0: And so, like, that's the other thing, George. We started getting into is, um, how do we want to use data? So, then Ryan and I would start going the other way and saying, Well, I'm not a company, well, wait, I guess I am. So, how do I want to use data? And we started getting Google data to get ads. We would post ads and see how people responded to our page. How many impressions can we get? How many of those people can convert to click on the ad? When they click on the ad, do they go to the page? Do they go to the page? Do they go through the whole page? Do they buy the page? Do they not buy the page? We've got mapping software to see how far people even scroll and whether or not they use the pages. But that was just kind of playing around. We haven't even really formalized how we want to Report on that monthly and weekly. And so while we're building that all out, we're definitely going to need people to help us do some of that work. I'm happy to have you come along for some of the
1: ride. Um, yeah, you know, I, I would definitely appreciate that. And
0: Yeah, I mean, and that's what's funny, Ryan, you said at the beginning of this conversation, you didn't even know I was going to say that. But we haven't really used a ton of data on a repeatable fashion yet. Like we started mm-hmm. the podcast, the businesses exist, but like our KPIs, we're not really strict about how many students are in there. We're not really strict about sales. It's been more of like a place for people to help come and learn stuff but to turn it into like a business it involves tracking all this data and understanding what we're doing with it
1: yeah and i think that's kind of just how like the natural evolution of any organization that's just starting or a company right it's not very data focused it's not very um data data driven central uh you kind of just have to get the foundation of the the business running first before you know you can use That data, right? And then
0: And it's surprising. You think that stuff is simple. Like when all those things you said that you're looking for in a company, like what industry are they in, what product they're in, what's customer they are. I had to define all those. Like for data lab, it's like, well, how do I want to compete? Are we gonna try to go up against all these huge universities? Well, no, we're not a university. That's not what we're gonna do. So what are we gonna do? So it's just defining how can we even do that? So you can't really track it until you can define it. But it's kind of that chicken and egg situation. You gotta start tracking stuff so you know what you wanna define, so that you know what you can track better.
2: So is there a time uh, over your span of working with data where you've had data burn you in the sense that like either you came up with the wrong data set, you found it from the wrong place or you found data that you didn't want to find, something along those lines. Like, has there ever been a data point that you've been like, damn, that sucks?
1: Uh, Yeah, I think, you know, working with data is difficult, right? Uh, I think you just have so many tools at your disposal and, you know, like, you know, you have SQL, Python, R, Tableau, Excel, of course, you know, Power BI, Java. Uh, And I think, you know, I'm gonna be honest, every time I've worked with data there, you know, you come across roadblocks, right? Uh, You know, working with Python, you get countless amount of errors that you, Come across, right? You know, the syntax has to be good. And, you know, when you're looking at like the signature of a function, you have to make sure like all the objects uh, you're using them correctly in the function, you know, when working with Python. And you have so many different libraries in Python, like Pandas, NumPy, Beautiful Soup, you know, the Seaborn as well. And just, I think there are thousands and thousands of libraries and you're just going to come across, you know, errors. And I I think, you know, an important skill to have is how do you, how how do you manage, you know, when you come across these errors, right. Um, And, you know, you have to outsource, use the internet, use platforms like Stack Overflow to kind of just, um, you know, like I mentioned before, you can't be an expert. You can't know everything you know it's it, it's not possible there's just so much to data analytics and using all these tools and there, there's no I don't think there's anyone out there who's like a hundred percent proficient right and you you are going to come across errors and you know it happens every time working with the data set all these roadblocks and you know you will have to outsource use stack overflow to kind of figure out to get past these so it happens in every project right it will burn you but you know I like I like challenges i like problem solving and it's fun so yeah of course sometimes it can be s- s- the most annoying thing and you're you know you're, it's, it can be so frustrating uh, it's just not coming out for you but yeah data data is not always your best friend and uh to and, but you know it's kind of the nature of the game the nature of the industry and,
2: and at the end of the day the data doesn't lie right exactly <laughs> that's true <laughs> So, um, on that note of getting burned, you mentioned, you know, that like, it's, it's not easy. It's not like you just sit down and all of a sudden you've got these pretty reports and everything. Um, what about the, on the flip side from an internal, do you deal with a lot of imposter syndrome, especially going through these job hunts? I'm sure you've sent out hundreds of resumes at this point. I, and I'm also sure you have not gotten hundreds of interviews. Wow. Yeah. So like, uh, how how do you deal with that? Like, I know you said you were finding your skills, you're, you're taking your certification. So you're obviously keeping up on your knowledge. So you've got some sort of foundation that you know what you're doing, but do you, do you deal with that? Do you, do you feel like you're not good enough? Are you, are you worried about that? And how are you dealing with that?
1: Of course. Um, you know, of course there's especially in this situation, right. Being in a job hunt, there's always the imposter syndrome is heightened for sure. And, you know, even when I've networked and talked to other very qualified individuals and, you know, like Rob even mentioned, even after you have so much experience and you go through the job hunt, you know, that imposter syndrome kicks in like, oh, am I not good enough? Am I, are there better applicants, um, you know, better applicants than me? Or am I not what they're looking for? So just being on just freshly out of school and looking for entry level positions, of course, it's very heightened. And uh, I do, you know, I do believe in myself and I do believe I have that foundational skill set and knowledge to be a data analyst. But of course, you know, like you mentioned, Ryan, hundreds and hundreds of applications sent out the response rate. You know, I would say I'm getting a 10% response rate from the applications I'm sending out, Um, of course. a lot of them are, no, I I have had, you know, some interviews and, but, you know, just looking at those numbers, of course, imposter syndrome is going to kick in. Right. Um, but it's all about just staying positive and it's like being in a job search and, you know, with my experience and just being out of college, it's kind of like a boxing match, right? There's going to be a lot of hits and you're just waiting for that one moment to strike back. And, um, it's a lot, it's a lot of you know, it's a game of just taking a lot on the chin and just keep going forward. And, um, you know, like you said, I am uh, staying up to date, you know, practicing and keeping my skills sharp. But uh, that doesn't solve ever- anything. So everything. And um...
2: I feel that. Well I feel that. I like I like the, the idea of staying positive. And I really like the analogy of the boxing match. I think that's exactly it. And that's exactly it for somebody who has a position, too, by the way. Like even just uh, I've been working with Rob a lot to side hustle and not in the sense of like, you know, starting a business that I spend all my free time on, but to build systems that my boss can sell to make him more revenue so that we can justify a raise for me. Definitely. And that's been a lot like that, too. It's like finding a new job because we've tried 10 or 15 things that either my boss can't sell. We don't actually have the team for it takes too much time. It takes too many resources. So Mm -hmm. it's even, you know, it's almost like trying to search for a job within my job. This is a little it is. weird. Um, it, it was a concept that I was absolutely unfamiliar with until I started working with Rob about a year ago. But I, I feel that I feel that. And I think that there are a lot of people that feel like they are on the receiving end of a boxing match right now. I love
0: that you said it, though, Ryan, because like you, I remember like a couple of years ago, you're like, man, I just don't have control. Why won't he just like give me more? I'm, I deserve it. And it's like we had a great conversation. It's like it doesn't have to do necessarily of whether or not you deserve it or whether or not he has it. It's more of what are you doing and what is he getting for you doing it? And how can you respectfully ask for a fair share of that? And I feel like that gave you so much more control over your just life right now, right? Oh, it year, absolutely did.
2: More. It absolutely did, man. And it's it's changed my relationship with my boss, too. It's definitely been a lot more. Um, there's just a lot more trust between the two of us. And we're we're both Good. a lot more honest with each other.
0: Wow, man, that's awesome to hear. I don't even know that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, bonus. So
2: yeah, so it's
0: one thing you always work on, George, you know what I mean? And that's what's funny too, is even imposter syndrome, everybody I have on here, even the C-suite, you know, they deal with it too. We're all going through it, you know, and that's what's funny is we're all kind of the same in a lot of ways, right? Even though we're starting at different levels or so many years of experience or degrees or whatever, there's a lot of ways we're very similar and it's just coming to find the people who want to help solve the problems.
2: Of course. So, George, go ahead and uh, take a minute to gush about the last big thing you were proud of. Like, whatever it is, whether it was one of your portfolio projects, whatever you're working on now, a school project, just the last data driven something that you just love to talk about. We'd love to hear about it.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, the last big thing that kind of just happened for me was, you know, graduating school. And, (laughs) you know, I guess that's like a really big event. Um in terms of just you know working with data, and the last big thing with data was you know all those all those projects and that I had to do for courses, right um, and especially ending out um, school, you have these upper upper level dividend courses that you know the projects are difficult, and um, just being able to complete those and you know, getting good results on those. That's always like exciting. And, um, but, you know, I think, I think that next big thing, right. That is, um, you know, waiting to happen is that job to, uh, to be able to work on projects, right. To be able to have that professional experience. Um, and so, yeah, I'm really, I mean, I'm really excited for
2: the next steps. So then do you have any advice for anybody else who might be on a similar path as you? Like anything maybe about going to school versus not, what to learn, what to spend your time on, who to associate with, any advice you can give somebody who might be in your position now or in your position in the near future? Um,
1: Yeah, of course. You know, I think, take take a look at where you are right now. If you are, if you know you want to do data analytics and you want to go into this industry, if you're in school, you know, definitely take advantage of that, Right. Um, there are, there's data science major at almost every university for the most part. Um, you know, my major is business analytics and you get introduced to, you know, uh, Python, SQL, R doing so much data analysis. Um, so definitely if you are in school, look for major, look for courses where you can gain that foundational knowledge. If you're not in school, and if you're graduated and you kind of want to pivot your career to, um, you know, going into data analytics, data, being a data analyst, uh, you know, there's there's nothing to be down about, you know, that you don't have that background from school because there are so many platforms that uh, companies are looking for um, where you can be in your skill set. Right. Like I said, you have so many courses available, so many online platforms you can learn and gain that fond- foundational knowledge that's enough to get you that entry-level position and kind of just grow your career from there. So, you know, that's, that's kind of my advice. There's an there's, uh, opportunity regardless of where you are and depending on where you are, um, just kind of use, uh, make sure you, you know, you're really invested in it.
2: I love that. Just fo- follow the passion exactly follow the passion whatever I, I think that make sure you do it yeah that exactly whatever you're going to do do it with your whole ass sort of thing like yep. the, the resources are there
1: the resources are there if you're in school you have school as your resource that's a great resource if you're not in school you have there are so many platforms that are offering a lot of courses and boot camps and stuff like that to gain that knowledge so
0: one thing i love about school and i mean i, I have a four-year degree i'm not saying everybody needs it but one thing i love about it is it gives you I guess you give yourself permission to stop everything else to just focus on that for a little while. Exactly. When you're away, fresh college going away. Now, there are a number of people who are trying to fit school in at the end of the night, too. And I get that that's a whole nother demographic. Right. But the whole thing you just did where you set some time away to say, hey, I really want to focus on this and how I like to do it if it's what I want to do. I think even if you have a full-time job and you're doing night school, you really need to make sure you make the time to do that. Like that, that separation of just, is this what I want to do or not? I feel like a lot of people go right through and get their, I don't know, their next A lot of people I know finished their undergraduate and went and got their graduate. And then they got their postgraduate because they just knew school. They knew that system. And they're like, well, if I just get the next thing, eventually I'll get all the degrees. And then I'm like, some point you got to pay those off by getting a job. Like at some point there's an exchange of money for these degrees. Of course. And, and that,
2: that was a problem I had. I almost went for a master's and doctorate just because school was the only structure I'd ever had in my life. Exactly. And I didn't, I didn't know, like my, my first job was delivering pizzas. And after that, it was making sandwiches in college. But like, other than that, I didn't know what I wanted. I just knew I liked to play video games and I thought I wanted to build them. I don't. By see, that's
0: the way. what I love so much about data labs. You and I want to like make that community of like in discord where people can just go and say, Hey, this is the project I'm working on. I'm kind of stuck. What do you think about it? But we're also kind of living our lives like it doesn't mean you stop everything you're doing to go take my course. It's just you're going to have to fit a little bit of it in here and there and then work on a project here and there. Just like you were saying you do actually, George, in your interviewing, you you interview a little bit and then at night you refine the project. And that's not every day you work on it. Right. But a good percentage of you make sure to make time to do it.
1: Yeah, of course.
0: Yeah. I'm the same way, dude. I love I, I have way, way too many projects going on constantly it's, I have, way, like, it's
2: way too many projects george it's w- fundamentally too many for one The skill man.
0: sets i have built are just insane i'm very thankful that i've taken the time to like learn how to make video games learn how to 3d model learn how to animate learn how to make visual effects but those are you know i don't use them to make money those are just fun for me right now so i'm pretty excited about taking that making like a video game about data in business and how can we tie all this stuff together to start making some of the stuff you're talking about learning fun and engaging right like yeah, it needs to be. It needs to be an enjoyable thing that even if somebody with a full-time job, they get just as addicted to building themselves as you do to that match 3 game on your phone, right? Or that TikTok, you know, people lose hours just watching people dance, but I tell you go sit th- learn data science for 30 minutes and they're like, "Whoa, buddy."
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a that is a good point.
2: Well, George, we've run through our normal list of questions and I just want to say it was fascinating to, to yeah. Kind of hear it from your perspective after talking to all of these people who are inundated with being already deep into the field or, you know, having 12 side hustles like Rob or it was it was refreshing to see somebody looking at it from the outside.
0: Of course, well, we need his contact information, too, because he'll be in our discord for sure. But if we want to give that out, let's make sure we give him 10 seconds to yep. say where we can get him. Right.
2: Yep. That's the next step here. So, uh, George, at the end, of, at the, right before we close out all these podcasts, we give you an opportunity to plug literally whatever you want. So any charity you want to plug any of your social media, any projects you're working on, any companies you want us to look at any anything. So go ahead and take the floor and let us know and let our viewers know where to find you.
1: For sure. I mean, you know, first, I'd like to. Thank thank you guys for the opportunity for the time. I had a blast as well. It was awesome getting to do this. Um, you know, like I said, this is kind of my first time doing something like this and I really enjoyed it. And hopefully I can come on again, you know. Um, yeah. you know, I, I'd really be looking forward to do that with, you know, kind of all these new things coming up for me and kind of talk about more and um, maybe talk about where I'm at in a few months. So what
0: about any recruiters who are like, hey, I want to hire that guy, George?
1: Exactly. Yeah. Uh, But, you know, you can find me on LinkedIn, George Graku, and honestly go from there. I have my website up there and um, you can learn a lot from me. So, you know, thank you.